Hello and welcome back to a very special edition of the Chainsaw Buffet podcast. This week I'm joined, as usual, by Dylan. Hi. Charlie. Yep. And this week we have a very special guest, our contest winner from Anime Fans Go Back to Japan, who uh, correctly identified our reference to uh, the Stripes fuck-up from uh, Adult Swim's first running of uh, Big O Season 2, Patrick. Patrick, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Pleasure to be on here. Well, uh, let's go ahead and jump into uh, some semi-current events, because God knows when this podcast will actually go up, but... Uh, we're going to talk about a few things. One is going to be the PlayStation Network hack. Uh, it's been talked to death in the media, and by the time anyone listens to this, it could very well be back up, or still offline, who knows. It's, it's anybody's guess at this point. But I did want to uh, talk about it in, in a way that we haven't really heard it discussed at this point. Um, Patrick, I don't know if if you own a PS or not. Uh, as I do. Okay, okay, so you and I both own PS3s. Do you own a 360 as well, or just a PS3? All three. Okay, alright, so you're in the same boat as me then, so this this will be an interesting discussion, because uh, I've I've been through the Red Ring of Death, I've been through the PSN hack, and Sony's taking a lot of, a lot of crap for the PSN hack. Now, you know, they, there are some things that they are directly responsible for, such as the security of their network system. But there are other things like, you know, the, the time it takes to get everything restored and the time that, that takes for them to feel comfortable that everything is, is where it should be. They're, they're getting criticism because it's been going on several weeks now uh, that they've been without service. And they took criticism for the way that they slowly released information about uh, what information was taken and what happened. But I don't remember Microsoft getting nearly this level of crap for the Red Ring episode, which was a, a manufacturer's defect that, as I recall, they kept saying, oh, it's not a big deal, it only affects a small number of, of uh, 360s, when really, in, in effect, it affected all of them. Well, t- to be fair, this is more of a universal thing. Like, the 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 Xbox thing did only affect certain numbers. It it was much too high a number, but um, I I I would go as far to say that probably every one of those three sixties from those initial production runs. I think mine was even like a second run. Here's uh, mine. Yeah, mine mine crapped out in January. So I don't think with those it's a question of if they're affected, it's when will they be affected. Yeah. Well, my. My problem is, I never got a red ring. I have weird disc tray problems now with it. Yeah, I do too. Oh, is that like where, you don't get the one where it like won't read a game. Like you put the disc in and it doesn't know there's a disc there. No, the, the, this, it pushes this, it can pop out, it comes out, put the disc in, goes in, out, in, out, in, out for like 20 minutes. That is a little bit different. Um, but on top of that, uh, I don't know, Dylan, if you remember this, but, you know, I had to take two original Xboxes back for the same problem with uh, yeah. the power source. I remember I bought, well, I guess that's not a, a criticism about Xbox, but I remember I bought one used and had to take it back almost immediately. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's interesting. Um, which which would you guys say is, is worse as far as a... Um, Who's to blame kind of thing? Would it be Microsoft and the Red Ring, or 
uh, Sony and the PSN hack. Hmm. Like, which is the worst? Like, like who... Who screwed up more on their side? Because oh, with, it's it's difficult to judge exactly how culpable Sony is because it, it's an external attack. Gotcha. But as far as just taking in the things that they could have controlled, who do you think did a worse job with it? They're about equal on different different ways. Okay. Sony has very important information that theoretically we don't know for sure how much of it got out. Our Xbox, um, Microsoft has put out basically a defective product that has caused problems and great costs for the customers and for themselves. All right, Dylan, uh, did you have a, I know uh, you have a PS3, but just based on what you know? Well, I mean, they're two different, completely different types of problems. So there's that. Um, I think, I mean. Both both companies are responsible for shoddy manufacturing and, and poor network security. Honestly, you know, even in the best of conditions, both of those things can screw you over. Um, and, and they both, I think, handled it responsibly. Microsoft extended a warranty and and a service program, and Sony. I think they were actually extremely responsible for shutting down the network as long as they did, just to make sure there was no, you know, lingering effects. Yeah, um, I, to I, take care of the problem. Go ahead. No, that was basically it. That was somebody else going to step in there with a the thought. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I sort of agree that it's two. It, it's two different deals. It's kind of hard to compare them. Um. I don't know, because a manufacturing defect, to me, is something that should have been... Um, I mean, I guess my thinking is with, with like hacks, that sort of thing, because I deal so much with information security kind of stuff, um, what's always in my mind is hackers always find a way. Like, no matter how secure your network is, no matter how secure your product is, whatever it is, um, there are always people committing fraud that will find a way through it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, unless there's something that they really did wrong to let that information out, um, to me, Microsoft actually has more culpability for their screw-up, because I would think quality controls... I mean, you can't have that much product that screwed up, um, right. unless you've got a severely compromised quality control, I would think. Um, but on the other side, if you were to, if you were to ask me, well, which which problem is worse? I'd say the PlayStation one, because it's one thing for your piece of equipment to crap out; it's another thing for possibly personal information to get out. Yeah. Um, because one puts one puts you through the trouble of either having to contact the company and get a new piece of equipment or go to the store. The other one, you might have to, you know, cancel a credit or debit card. You might have to close out your accounts. I mean, depending on how much information was actually was actually stolen, and that's that can be that that can be a lot of. I think that's more trouble on the end users' um, side of it. Well, I'll I'll give you my perspective. Uh, like I said, I've I've been through both. I've had to deal with the Red Ring as well as the the PSN hack. And Patrick, if if you feel differently about something, feel free to to step in. Um, okay. With the with the 360, I feel like I was a bit more put out at Microsoft 
for the Red Ring of Death than I was at Sony for the PSN hack. Um, and this is just based on the information I have at hand. Uh, because I knew that Microsoft knew that there was a problem, and they downplayed it and downplayed it. And, and reluctantly, but, but correctly, they finally extended the warranty and, and offered to fix it. Um, when, when mine finally crapped out, uh, I was without it for about two weeks, which was, was better than the turnaround time that they gave me. And they gave me a, an extra month of Xbox Live to make up for the, the time of service lost there. But that was pretty much it. After that, it was over and done with. I actually like the way that Sony has handled this because, um, although they were slow to get the information out, you know, they've been very transparent about why the information was stolen. Um, and they've been very proactive saying, you know, we're giving you this, uh, identity theft protection. We're giving you, uh, free month of, uh, PSN plus, which has, as far as getting free stuff, that's, that's a good amount in itself because you're either getting discounts or free downloads of a lot of different things that, uh, some of which are, are PSN plus exclusive. And then they said they're also going to have some other free download, uh, as, as compensation for all this. And as far as PlayStation Network, I haven't paid a, a dime to, to Sony for any of that. Um, as far as the end user side of things, um, as far as I know, the information that, that was potentially compromised was my name, address, uh, and my, uh, credit or debit card number that I entered into, uh, my account. You know, it, it's basically all in your little area there and probably my PSN password. Yeah. Um, but as far as replacing that goes, it, it was a five minute call to my bank to say, Hey, yeah. uh, I need a new card. This is what, what's happening. And now they, they know about it and I just keep an eye on my account, which I check every couple of days anyway. Um, now the, the other side of this is, you know, how bad was Sony's security? Uh, because I've heard rumors, you know, ranging from, uh, you know, this was a highly sophisticated attack to, uh, Sony was running their, uh, security servers off of dial-up and had the password of QWERTY123. <laughs> that yeah. wouldn't surprise me. Although, and, and this came up, uh, in, in a discussion I had about, um, like after Amazon's, uh, cloud services went down. Yeah. I think it, it also applies here. Sony is primarily a hardware company. Microsoft is primarily, Primarily an IT company, so, you know. Yeah, I, that was something that, um, I think Adam Sessler and Kevin Pereira were talking about on Attack of the Show that I found was, in, found very interesting. Because Sony has been the target of hacker attacks for some time now because, you know, they had the audacity to go out and, uh, you know, prosecute a, a hacker. Yeah. Um, and so now they're, they're essentially the subject of, uh, Every cyber terrorist in in the world saying, "Oh, you know, you came after one of ours. We're going to come after you with everything we've got uh, because we don't, we don't like what you're doing." Yeah. Uh, whereas Microsoft, it, it seems like that would be uh, per, perhaps the juicier target because where where are you going to get from Sony? Well, I, I'm saying it would make them an easier target in in theory. True. That's where their strengths lie. As are a the low line fruit, but. Um, plus, I mean, Sony is a big company, and, and, you know, they had the debacle with root kits and things like that a while back. 
So, you know. Us being a website and a podcast, I'm going to say something that's going to potentially put us at risk, but I think it's it bears mentioning. I, I had no knowledge of the hacker group Anonymous until uh, a few weeks ago when they made that first attack on Sony that uh, shut down PSN for like a, a day or two. Wait, really? Uh, yeah. And uh, I... Like I, I don't have any insight into hacker culture. I'm, I'm not a pirate. I'm very anti-pirate, anti-hacker. Uh, and I've said this before because I support, uh, you know, the U.S. anime industry and and things like that. But uh, in any case, I found uh, Anonymous to be a very interesting uh, group because. They had this little PR thing, and, and I'm sure a lot of folks have seen the video where after the uh, the first PSN hack uh, or, or attack on Sony, they're like, oh, well, it was never our intention to uh, to harm Sony's customers, um, which, which they did because it did take PSN offline. Um, it's very weird because they have this PR thing where they're doing something highly illegal, and, and they're basically engaging in cyber-terrorism. They didn't like what Sony did um, to George Hotz, and so they, they decided to uh, wage what I think they're calling an information war. Um, and, and like I said, it's, it's cyber-terrorism. You, you don't like what, or um, if you don't do certain things that we like, um, we're, we're going to come after you. And, and that's... Yeah. That that is textbook definition. Of, they of did the they did the same thing to Scientology. They, they've had a lot of targets like this, and they do have a particular set of quote unquote ethics about it. But you know, mm-hmm. like you said, it's it, now, what was illegal. what was the deal with the first guy that they went after, and that's why they were attacked. It was some guy that that had figured out a way to jailbreak the PS3. Did they try to get Linux again? It just saying removed it. Uh, something like that. I don't even remember what what the jailbreak allowed you to do exactly. But you know, it, it was it was something that you know it, it was clearly a prosecutable action. Oh, was it? Yeah, it, it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, he's not really harming anybody, but you know, at the same time, as a company, I understand you have to protect certain interests. Um. But, you know, on the, it's one of those things where I'm not trying to say that the guy, you know, needs to be put in front, in front of a firing squad, but I just find Anonymous to be very uh, disingenuous, I guess. Yeah, I, I can see that. Uh, because there's another thing where they denied that they're behind this most recent, the, the major PSN hack, which extended to, uh, Curiosity and, uh, uh, some of the online entertainment, which is like uh, DC Universe and uh, EverQuest, and I don't, I don't know if uh, <laughs> Star Wars Galaxies is still around or not, but I guess it would be that as well if it is. Um, but they're saying, you know, we we weren't behind it, and you know, the media prefers to talk to us about this stuff rather than our degenerate enemies, and it's just this constant PR mode where it's like, you know, I. <laughs> At the same time, they say, you know, we, we, we're very ethical. We have certain, you know, they have their own set of, of guidelines, if you will. They do have their own particular code. I mean, but, but at the same time, I feel like if I 
publicly criticize them that, uh, you know, they're going to put, you know, my social security number and date of birth out, out on the internet. But then again, I've already had my, uh, identity stolen, so screw it. I guess my thought is, I mean, if the, the original guy, I mean, I don't know, I, I, I in some respect, if you, if you're a hacker with ethics, I view you the same way as I view, say, I don't know, a movie style, uh, cat burglar. Um, which is, you know what you're doing, you're very well aware that what you're doing is wrong. If you get caught, your attitude may be as, may, may as well be, oh well, they got me. Um, I don't know if you can really get mad at them for, I don't know, it just, it seems to me like you should be like, okay, well done, you caught me, maybe next time you won't. Um, I don't know why you would do these. I don't know, that, that's kind of the movie-style cat bur- burglar that does it for the fun of it or for the thrill. Like, these people actually have an agenda. You it know. Must be like, uh, it must be like the fan subbers who take down their fan subs after the product is licensed. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. yeah. And and that's, that's one of those things where it's like, they're telling themselves that's okay because they're taking it down once it's licensed, but there's still a a damaging effect on the anime industry here because if it's already been seen once and and you know Funimation or Bandai or Viz or whoever isn't getting any money off of it you know you've already blown you've already blown your load by that first wave of watching it's it's really that first viewing that you're going to generate the most interest and if people have already watched it online by the time that you know, they go through the business process of talking with uh, Gynax or Madhouse, Madhouse or whoever the uh, the production company is, and getting the license for it. You know, they're they're already you know making an uphill climb. They've already lost their biggest push for money. Yeah, that's a, that's a point. Um. Anyway, uh, I think we've we've run that into the ground. I do want to. Uh, Go from criticism to praise, uh, which, which is interesting because as you guys, uh, Charlie and Dylan, uh, will very vividly remember, uh, I tore into Blizzard a couple of years ago because they started selling, uh, in-game pets, which do nothing, um, for $10 a pop around Christmas and half the proceeds were going to make a wish. And I, I criticized them because they had done free pets in the past. Um, and they were, it wasn't like they were just doing, you know, all net proceeds, you know, basically covering their costs. They were making profit off of this so-called charity drive that they were doing with Make-A-Wish. And they did another one, I think, the next year. But, but just recently, uh, Blizzard announced that they're doing another one for Japan, but 100% of the proceeds go to the Japanese Red Cross. So kudos to them. They finally got it right. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Good idea. Yeah. Um, how, I, sorry, go ahead. How many pets are there now? I mean, a lot. I mean, at what point does it cease cease to be an MMO and start becoming Pokemon? Um, it, it depends on on who you talk to because we'll be Pokemon because you, you can't actually do anything with the pets. It's more like Webkins or Baby. whatever Beanie Babies. <laughs> I, well, I like that. Beanie Babies. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, what'd you say, Patrick? Uh, I was just going to say, it depends on how you play the play the game. Um, because, 
you know, I, I play from, from 1 to 85 on one character, and once I have the level cap, I was pretty much done. But, uh, Jen, as you know, uh, has a crippling addiction. Has a crippling addiction, and plays, you know, seven different characters on five different RP servers, and, uh, you know, that's, that's all she does. I don't think one of them is, is level 85. She has problems, but we love her. Yeah. Wow, you need to you need to sound a little more convincing, John. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, we love her. Um, Patrick, did you have any thoughts on this one? Oh, I said, do these pets do anything to begin with? I, I I've heard them mentioned, but I don't know what they actually do. They, they don't do. They don't wow. do a damn thing. They don't do a damn thing. They just follow you around and look. Oh, I thought they were like the dog, uh, the dog in Fable too. They have those, but those are like. I mean, hunters have—I don't know if they're called pets. I don't know what they're called. Hunters have their companion animal that can, you know, actually do attacks and stuff like that. But that's different from pets. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, and that—that's the the thing that drove me nuts is that, you know, they're paying ten dollars for something that does nothing but follow you around and look cute, but only half of it's going to charity. But yeah. but this time they're they're. They're doing it the right way, so I, yeah. I love them for that. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, moving on from that, I, I want to go from praising <laughs> to absolutely bashing the shit out of someone that I've never met. Don't know him at all. But uh, Justin Wong's an asshole. Uh, I, there, I said it. Um, for those, those of you who are going, well, who's Justin Wong and why is he an asshole? Uh, for a second there, I thought you said Justin Long, and he's the... He's the uh, Mac guy in the Mac commercials. He's also an asshole. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I'm sorry, Charlie. What, what were you saying? I don't remember. Go for it. Who Who is Justin Wong and why is he an asshole? Uh, Justin Wong is a professional fighting game player, uh, very well known. Um, probably best known Wait, for... Professional? Professional. He, he makes he, money at this? He makes money at this. He wins a lot of tournaments and... Uh, Makes a de- I think he still has a regular job, but he's gotten endorsements and stuff from, like, Jenks, and uh, he has a professional sponsorship with uh, Evil Geniuses. And, uh, he, you know, he makes a decent living at it. Um, and he's he's very, very well known uh, in the fighting game community. He's, he's one of the, the, the top names. I would say he's like Kobe Bryant. Uh, he wins a lot, but he's a dick. Wait, uh-huh. did he do something to a little girl, too? Uh, <laughs> Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, they, there's, there's not been any allegations, but, you know, nothing surprised. What he has done, however, um, is there was recently a qualifying tournament for the, the World Fighting Game Championships known as Evolution or Evo. And, uh, he was in the loser's bracket final, uh, playing against, um, one of his friends, um, I don't have the story in front of me. It was Noah something, I think. Do either of you guys have that story in front of you? No. Uh, yes. Just hold on a second. I don't speed read, so... Okay. Let's say it was Noah Wiley. Uh, Noel Brown, I think, maybe? Uh, Whatever. Um, anyway, it, it was one of his good friends, and uh, Justin decides to go out of the gate with a team of Phoenix leading off, um, Dormammu, and Super Scroll. 
Now there there's a reason why uh why this is just generally considered a bad idea. You do not lead off with Phoenix under any uh circumstances because she has ship for health. The the trick with Phoenix is that you build, you know, five bars of, of meter and then when she dies she turns into Dark Phoenix and blows shit up. But he led off with, with her, did not tag her out or anything, and just you know, played with a handicap for the first two matches. You can actually uh, go online and watch it. He actually wins the first match, which is amazing. Um, but the second one he loses. And you can see, uh, there, there's one part where the commentator, uh, you know, he's playing with Super Scroll and goes, oh, holy crap, he doesn't know how to do any of the moves. Uh, so he picked Phoenix first, and then another guy that he doesn't know how to use at all. Hmm. And basically what Evo has done is that they have given him uh, what, what they're calling a yellow card. Uh, because in, in their rules, it says, you know, you have... It, basically, what they said is that he did not make a good-faith effort to win. Um, because picking Phoenix and using her first and not tagging her out is, is a clear losing strategy, and it's well-known uh, among anyone who plays uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 that that's just stupid. Um, there there were a lot of other things, though, if if you read the article, that he did that were... Not punishable, but definitely not something that you should do, and he should know better. Like, um, he was asking the tournament organizer to rearrange the brackets, which you can ask all you want to, but the organizer's not supposed to do it. But in this case, the organizer did. I guess he felt pressure because, you know, oh, holy crap, it's Justin Long, I should do anything he asked me to. How was he asking for the brackets to be rearranged? I think he, he had asked, asked it so that, like, he and his buddies wouldn't wouldn't play against each other, and okay. the brackets are supposed to be random. Yeah. Um. So there was that. Um. And it, it was funny because even after he did it, uh, and even after Evo made the ruling, um, he was like, "Well, you know, I was I was out of practice. Um. You know, I've I've been focusing on on the new Mortal Kombat and mm-hmm. so on and so forth." Mm-hmm. And it was funny because it was it was a best of yeah it was a best of five and he lost three to two, uh, so if if he had picked his original team starting out he would have easily won probably you know three to one, yeah. Um, but it's funny he you know he he just kept saying oh it wasn't intentional it wasn't intentional I mean how out of practice are you Justin that you forgot that you know picking Phoenix first was a stupid ass idea, I mean it's it's completely disingenuous and I told Jenna said. You need to win the lottery or get a really good job so I can stay home all day and play fighting games so I can come down from the mountain and just beat the shit out of this guy because apparently he's reached the level of hubris where he thinks he can do anything and get away with it. I say Sire Woods. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's good. What's, um, now, now I'm, I'm curious if by, by throwing the fight, did that get them both into the next bracket or did he actually give up his position to let his friend go. He he was trying he gave up his position so his friend could go into the grand final. Because Justin can pretty much qualify for Evo anytime he wants to is is the basic idea. But he would have but I guess the question was would he have still been able to qualify for Evo or was that his last chance to do so? I think that was probably his best chance to do so was what it was. Can I cut was that Justin figured that he had a way to get his friend, you know, qualified to Evo. 
Yeah. I, I don't know exactly how Evo works, but I got the impression that maybe, like, MVC3 wasn't really his game, so he didn't care as much about this tournament as he does other tournaments. Uh, who, Justin? Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say that at all, because he made his reputation playing Marvel 2. Okay, well... So, so he has a vested interest in performing well in Marvel 3. <laughs> mm. And he's he's won a lot of Marvel 3 tournaments uh, elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But, it, it, uh, like I said, I think it was one of those things where he, f- he figured he had the right organizer, because he got him to change the brackets. He figured, you know, everything was sort of lining up to where he could... Get his friend in because they do kind of a point standing thing as well. Where you know, if if you win so many tournaments and and you're in like a certain bracket, you can get an invite that way as well. I believe I'm not 100 mm-hmm. percent on that. I haven't read up on it too closely because I'm not I'm not trying to do the the Evo tour. So yeah, yeah but I, I don't know. I I have mixed feelings about it in general because I mean, as a player, especially as a professional player. That actually, I guess that was my biggest problem with what he did was that he he go, he goes into it as a profession. He's actually making money at it. Um, because I would have to say, as a friend, he sounds like he's a, probably a pretty good friend um, to actually throw a fight so his friend can get in. I mean, that I I I personally don't have any problem with. But him not playing his best when he is actually getting paid to play his best. Well, that's my, that's actually my bigger issue. Yeah, I mean, it seems like he's a pretty nice guy for, for doing something. Well, no, he may not be a nice guy. I'm saying he was a good friend, but. He comes across as a good friend, not necessarily a good person. Well, I don't even, I don't know. Like, if, if you're throwing matches to get someone in, like, if you're. I mean, and, and two, it's, it's from that, from the perspective of that particular tournament, where he was actually throwing his chance. Now, if he was, if he had somehow, if it had somehow been put together where in that one tournament they both get to go to Evo as a result, then he's screwing somebody else out of it. Yeah, I, I don't know. Cheating is cheating at a certain level. Well, no, I, I get that. It's one of those things where Justin's going to get his his free ride to Evo. That's that's not yeah. even yeah. in doubt. Um, my my problems with it are a if he if he wanted. You know, to give his friend a, a better chance at that tournament, he should have just dropped out. That, yeah, that that's true. Thing. Um, because what he's doing effectively is he's eliminating all the competition for his friend and then stepping aside and letting his friend, you know, get to the final. To the Basically final. a free round for his right. friend. No, I'll get, okay, yeah, I, I, I get that. Um, and, and Charlie, I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, oh, would, would you say I'm a good friend? Yes. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to make an admission that will surprise no one. Charlie, there is no way in hell I'd ever throw a, uh, a Marvel match for you. There's I know. no way. And but I would, I would make the statement that you are a good friend, except when I'm playing Marvel vs. Capcom with you. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and here's the reason why. Here's the reason why, why I say that. Uh, Dylan, do you remember in college when we took that uh, PE class? It was flag football and badminton. Yes. And the first day that, that it switched over from flag football to badminton, um, the instructor said, um, you know, no matter who you're playing, um, do not take it easy on them. And the reason for it is, is that that's, if you take it easy on somebody that's poor sportsmanship, what you're telling them 
is that they're not worthy of your best effort. Um, and, and if I if I were in that position, I would be furious if Justin Wong threw a match for me because I, I don't I don't want to beat him playing a a joke team. I don't want him to beat him when he's just trolling everybody. I want to beat him when he's really trying. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. There, there's a question of context there. I would be okay with playing joke teams if it made the game more fun outside of a tournament setting, outside of a competitive setting. But yeah, there's nothing wrong with with doing that. Yeah, and, you know, if if you're just goofing around at a local hangout, you know, the the problem is when you're doing it in an actual tournament that has uh, implications for you know a a major event like Evo, which G4 covers. And it's the kind of thing that if you if you win an Evo, you're going to get sponsorship from somebody if you don't already have one. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, like I said, I think regardless of the person he was playing, regardless of whether it's good sportsmanship or not to do that towards the person he was playing, it's basically cheating in, in a uh, in a uh, highly competitive tournament like that. Um, there's actually. It's interesting, this type of stuff actually does go on a lot in sports. If you read the book Freakonomics or, or watch the movie, they've got a section where they talk about looking at statistics of uh, sumo wrestling and picking out how this sort of, uh, you know, sandbagging happens. I have sumo's full of the mafia, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I actually encourage anybody to go check out uh, Cross Counter TV on YouTube because... Um, it's hosted by two competitive fighting game players, and they actually, uh, I believe, made the Freakonomics comparison there when talking about it. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Uh, so that's that's what I had uh, for this week. Um, what about you guys? What have you guys been up to lately? Uh, Patrick, um, go ahead. Go ahead and jump in there. I really haven't been playing much games lately. I say finished World Two. Um, I'm gonna pick up Mortal Kombat again. Uh, what's what's your opinion on Mortal Kombat? Because I've only played the demo. I haven't picked up the game yet. It's pretty fun. Um, again, I've only been playing it since um, Deadly Alliance, so I'm still getting used to the 2D again. Um, I don't know. It's it's weird because playing it, it seems. Then again, I've never been a, a huge Mortal Kombat guy, I'll, although I've played a lot of the old ones. I, I think I played through uh, through three, and after after the third one, I just couldn't get back into it. Um, but it's it's a very different type of fighting game from from a Street Fighter um, perspective. It, it I think somebody had, had uh, made the comment that you know you don't do what what is a common practice in fighting games called hit confirming, where you do a long string of basic attacks uh, before you launch into a, a more complicated combo. Uh, with that one, there's there's no way to do that, so you just do the combo all the way through hit or miss, and it just seems very weird for me. Yeah, I, I played the original Mortal Kombat on Super Nintendo and, and, and Street Fighter 2 as well, and Street Fighter 2 just felt like the cleaner sort of game. I feel sorry for you for playing that version of Mortal Kombat. Because I did too. Really? Yeah. Oh, because it was edited? Or... Yeah. See, I, I don't know. I, I kind of think Mortal Kombat has kind of outlived its um, 
I don't want to say usefulness, but its place. Shock like, factor. It's yeah, not. like, back in the day, it was edgy because, you know, it had all yeah, this blood gore. And, like, I now it's, that. like, big deal, you know, God of War, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because I played it on, I, the first Mortal Kombat I played um, on the arcade, on the Super Nintendo, and on the Genesis. Um, and I, I remember I remember that thing, I mean, that, that, that was really what got it its press. I mean, that was a huge deal. They need to step their game up and at least have a mini game where you can nail Katana or something. Well, no, because video games have already gone there too. I, I mean, well, no, I, they at least have to get to like God of War level and have a sex mini game in there or something, right? But see, but then there's still not. I mean, there's still no shock value in that. I mean, oh, well, God of War did that. Kill, oh. kill them after you have sex with them. How about that? That's, that's going to generate some headlines. Hick PS3 added in Kratos as a playable character because he fits. Oh, yeah. There ain't any Microsoft characters. <laughs> Was there a, a 360 exclusive character? I don't think so. I think I, PS3 got the good end of the deal on that. Uh, well, I mean, Kratos basically fits. Yeah, yeah. Master Chief would not. No, I don't think there is a character in any other franchise that would fit. Years, but unfortunately, I don't think Microsoft owns that. That's epic. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's epic. Uh, hmm. But no, I don't know what I don't know what they could do at this point. I mean, now now they're past the point. I don't I don't I I don't think there is shock value for them anymore. I think they're at the stage where they just have to create competent games. I mean, they can't. They just can't, like anyone else. Yeah, basically. I mean, I don't think they'd be able to because the what what wasn't one of the Mortal Kombat's where they had like each system had its own character and one of them was like Yoda or Darth Vader. Or no, that was Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur. Oh, Soul Calibur. Sorry. Um, because even that sort of thing I don't think works too well. I I, I really can't see Mortal. I Kombat loved playing as Link. Fair enough, but I just don't I don't see what Mortal Kombat could do other than just making good All games. All right, now you should be able to hear me. <laughs> It happened again. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you on that one, uh, Charlie. It, it's it's really to the point where if now for the reviews have been pretty good for it, but you know if if the gameplay wasn't there, um, that's all they've got now. Because I don't even think they can bank on their own franchise to draw people in. They've got to be able to make good games on top of that. Well, after uh, what was it, DC versus Mortal Kombat? Yeah. Well, considering because I, I was talking with someone else about this a couple weeks ago, like if you look at how Mortal Kombat expanded their universe, so many characters are just like they palette swapped, you know, one of the existing characters, and then they had to find a way to kind of shoehorn them into the world. But when they did that, you could do that. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, no, I'm. But now, now years later, yeah, it's like okay. I really, really should have got rid of some of those characters after a while. Yeah. Well, that's that's why they sort of did hit the reset button with this one. Oh, did they? Yeah. Yeah, but they still brought back all the ones from pre four. Yeah. Oh. oh. Including uh, characters that that weren't really characters like Ermac, which I think was a glitch. Uh, they did. They added him later on. Yeah. He he later became a canning character, but. Hmm. Uh, that that just shows that Mortal Kombat is willing to make any dumbass thing a character. <laughs> True. Like a mocap guy. Yep. And the um, fire guy. Fire guy. 
And Johnny Cage. Ninja. Oh, <laughs> poor Johnny. That game should just be all ninjas, because nobody cares about any of the rest of them, right? And eh, the first one I played is like Johnny Cage and Liu Kang, and you know, I, I did play as Scorpion and Sub Zero, but like I, I played as the other characters. I can't remember who I played a lot in three. I, I played as uh, as Cyber Smoke because he could blow up the world. And you just do it on every level. And it's like, really? We're doing this? Left. It's, it, it's like they bring back Earth every time with the Dragon Balls or something. <laughs> <laughs> Does the new game have friendships? Because that was the most hilarious no. part of 3. No, they have a, the Baldies, or however you uh, say it. Yeah. Man. You turn everybody into babies, and then kill them. Killing babies. It's, it's clearly it clearly has a left wing agenda. Oh, <laughs> not gonna go there. <laughs> oh damn! Oh shoot, damn! <laughs> you gotta go there, didn't you? Uh, <laughs> my ear rings off. This gonna get really real up in here. Hey, controversy means rating. That's right. Um, I, it doesn't mean I. I don't have to believe what I'm saying. I just have to make it sound like I do and be real crazy about it. Work can have a backboard. Like Ann Coulter. <laughs> on Boondocks, I mean, on Boondocks. Uh, right, right. Not, not the real one. Wow, that episode did run last night, didn't it? Yep. Oh. Okay, so what did I miss? Everything. Pretty much the entire podcast. <laughs> well, let me tell my... I guess I can tell the story of why I wasn't able to sign... wasn't able to be heard... All right, do it. Well, I got on and started checking things after finding out you guys couldn't hear me, and something chewed through my microphone cord. So, awesome. Right now, I'm on my droid on the Blizzard headset, so my sound quality sounds like complete crap, I'm sure. Really? I thought it was an improvement. <laughs> well, you can't tell anymore. <laughs> And and I yeah, think you would not on my end. you had said that that where it got chewed through was uh, like too far out for the too far under your desk for the dogs to have reached. So yeah, so it's definitely mice. Burn in hell, Mickey. <laughs> that was uncalled for. What do you ever do to you? Unless you're Jewish, then I understand. <laughs> We're communists. One of his ro- that too. <laughs> well, not necessarily him, but one of his relatives. Oh. Uh. So, uh, <laughs> so what do we got left? Nothing? Uh, no. Not really. Uh, I was just catching up with everybody. I was, I was trying to avoid making any uh, Andrew Bynum jokes for the duration, but, you know. I don't even know who that is. Uh, that's a guy that likes uh, beating the shit out of uh, five foot two point guards. Oh, back to the Lakers. Yep, classic back. group of guys. Those, those uh, L.A. Lakers. If uh, if the Lakers aren't happy, no one is happy. That's <laughs> damn right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awkward silence. Awkward silence. Well, okay. Uh, we'll, we'll just go ahead and call it. Does anybody else have anything that they want to say? 
Did we give our shout-outs to Impact? Because I know we're on Basil's podcast, but... Oh, yeah, we we should go ahead and do that real quick. Um, Charlie, who do you want to do your Impact shout-outs to? Everybody. Everybody? Uh, I, I, everything seemed to go really well this year. Uh, so, I mean, anybody, anybody behind the scenes on that, on down to, to whoever the newest volunteer was. The staff seemed really good. Um, so, uh, yeah, just shout out to everybody. And the attendees. The attendees seemed decently well-mannered. Uh, nobody died. At, well, except for that one 13-year-old girl that died at the rave. Someone supposedly spiked the water at the rave. That was a rumor. R. Kelly peed in it and then spiked it. Better than last year where the rumor was, like, the con chair was going off with, you know, uh, the forums, like, there was this whole thread of, of rumors last year that was just ugly. Yeah. People but are... But anyway, just, just yeah, shout-outs shout to the staff and to the attendees, because I never really had any any moments where I was like, oh, just kill this person and get them out of here. How about you, Dylan? Uh, wow, I don't know. Like, shout-outs, um, I thought it was awesome that they showed, uh, Nashville Rises, um, the documentary about the floods, considering that, like, you know, we got out lucky. Yes. Like, we were in a location that was not as affected, um... Though we got out just in time. Yeah. The, uh, let's see, I guess the manpower. Oh, yeah. Always like awesome to us. We we just put up. Well, I guess I shouldn't say that. I was about to say we just put up the interview we did with them today. But today may not be the today will be the day that we post this podcast. If you're listening, so yeah, T- today will be some point in the future, well after we posted that podcast. Um, I I don't know. Like as as many years. I guess this is like my fifth year going to MTAC. You know, and. and, and and I made a note of this. Part of the reason it goes so smoothly is because, you know, the first couple of times it's like, yeah, this is this big, awesome event and everything will have to go perfectly. And, and now it's just like, yeah, whatever. There's always next year. And like, I don't know. And you try to improve each year. Oh, yeah, but it's just like. And they do. But it's no big deal if something small goes wrong. The first couple of times you always, you always freak out. Sit back and kind of take it slow, you know. I guess but the deal is everybody behind the scenes seems like they still give a shit. Oh yes, yes they do. Um, I want to, of course, uh, shout outs to the manpower of the slants who uh, did shout outs for us at their concert. Which yeah, was, that's right. Which is badass. badass. Yeah. Um, shout outs to Sarah uh, Platt and Yuri Lowenthal who we finally got to meet after uh, doing a couple interviews with them. They were super cool. nice. I, I had the opportunity to just uh, chill with them for a little bit. Uh, right before the Slants concert, and it, it was it was really nice. It was they're they're super nice people, and uh, hope we get to see them again. And uh, of course, shout outs to uh, to all the MTAC staff: uh, Lucas, Nico, Christy, uh, Sunny, everybody. They're they're just super awesome. Um, Patrick, uh, we really appreciate you having uh, y- you being on with us. Um, do you have anything that that you want to say before we uh, sign off? No, don't. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure, though. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Let's give shout-outs to Patrick. Hell yeah. Woo! We, get, we got somebody that we do not personally know listening to the podcast on the fucking podcast. We, we've made it. We've arrived. 
No, I think this is we have an audience. I think this just proves that if if you regularly listen or if you listen at all to our podcast, eventually you will be on the podcast. <laughs> that is correct. That the, is the audience correct. is slowly being subsumed by the uh or consumed by the uh the crew. <laughs> or the other way around. And one day everybody in America will be a chainsaw of a alumni. <laughs> For dinner. True. Uh, All right. Well, uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Everybody remember, uh, donate to Japan. Uh, donate to the Southeast. Uh, and, uh... Just donate. Yeah, just donate to everybody. Uh, I support I support all charities, except for the ones that are wrong. You know which ones you are. <laughs> but anyway, we'll catch you next time, guys. Thanks for listening.